Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about managing performance, up or out. Russell was a very, very nice guy. Everyone agreed about that. Of course, very nice guy was code for conflict-averse. Russell was a great mediator and facilitator, but he wasn't always decisive, especially when it came to managing his people. As a vice president at a global entertainment company, his direct reports were, for the most part, high-functioning junior executives who did a respectable job running their own teams. Except for Matt. His team is upset with him, said Russell. My team is upset with him. Heck, I am upset with him. Even Glenn is upset with him, he said, referring to the division president. Matt is completely out of alignment with everyone else, and he thinks we are the problem. Maybe he's the one who should be getting coaching. I asked, how long have you known he's a problem? Russell looked down at his lap. Years. Wow, I said. I'm surprised there hasn't been a revolt against you for letting it go on for so long. He smiled and said, Well, I was given a coach. I asked what he had been saying to Matt all these years. I wasn't very direct, Russell admitted. I can't lay it all on him if he didn't get the message. He quickly continued, But I got a lot better this year. I knew I was avoiding the problem. So I started role-playing with my husband, and he kicked my ass. I've gotten more frank since then. Of course, my version of frank may not be enough. Okay, so you've been more frank this year, and Matt still hasn't made any changes, I asked. Oh, not enough. Everyone is still furious with him. I don't think he's ever going to get where I need him to be. Russell, I cocked my head and asked, why is Matt still working here? Suddenly, Russell and I were having a very frank conversation about the pros and cons of keeping Matt in his role. When the conversation was over, the negatives far outweighed the positives, both in number and in gravity. Suddenly, Russell decided that, yes, he was going to let Matt go. Wait a second, Russell, I said. There's an important question you have to ask yourself in these situations. You have to ask... If you called Matt in right now and told him you're going to let him go, would he be surprised? Probably, he said. Well, then you haven't done your job yet, Russell. Termination should never come as a surprise. Not ever. Not for your most junior employee, and certainly not for someone at Matt's level. Of course. Of course. You're absolutely right. So help me do this the right way. I told him there were five actions he needed to take. The first was strategic the other four, tactical. We dove in. First, I said as he picked up his pen, you need to follow your company's rules. Oh, well, Susan is really good at this stuff, he said, referring to his HR business partner. I'm glad, I said, and then I continued, Russell, I don't know her well enough to predict how she's going to respond to the idea of letting Matt go. What do you mean, he asked. I've worked with a hundred different HR folks over the years, Russell. They all have their own style when it comes to managing poor performers. Some love to swoop in and get rid of the chaff. Others think it's their job to slow things down and make sure the process is thoughtful, 
Neither is right or wrong. It's just style. So if Susan's style doesn't match yours, if she's too fast for you or too slow, you can ask her to flex her style. She's your partner. Okay, he said. Point taken. So I need to partner with HR. Will do. But what about me? What do I need to be doing? Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Now we get tactical, I said. There are four things you should be doing, and they're all related to how you communicate with Matt. Are you ready? Shoot. One, set measurable goals. Two, be direct. Three, be repetitive. And four, keep track. A quick little aside here. Longtime listeners of the podcast will recognize that list as a particular style of communicating called sorting and labeling. Sorting and labeling is a powerful way to sound executive. At the end of the podcast, I'll tell you about some resources you can get to help you develop the skill. Okay, now back to Russell. He and I were about to discuss setting measurable goals. And that's the first of his four communication tasks for managing Matt's poor performance. I said, You told me Matt's team is upset with him. Tell me more about that. Russell related how Matt micromanaged some projects, but seemed completely absent from others. He also related how Matt sometimes gave contradictory direction to his team. And he continued, All I know is that I have an endless parade of his team members showing up complaining about him. Okay, so I hear three issues, Russell. His management style, his leadership style, and complaints from his team. Any or all of those can become a topic for your conversations with Matt, but you need to be able to tell him what success will look like. That's the measurable part, right? That's right, I said. You know, when I was acting on television, certain directors didn't have a clue how to talk to us actors. After a take, they would look at us and they would say, act better, as if that was going to help us, right? This is the same situation. You can't just say to Matt, manage better or lead better. You need to tell him how you're going to measure success. You can help me with that, right? Sure, and so can Susan. But you can do this, Russell. Just ask yourself, if he did it well, what would it look like on video? If he did it well, what would it sound like on radio? Create an absolutely clear line of demarcation, like a goal line. You should be able to tell at any given moment which side of the line he's on. Okay, he said, writing it down. Measurable goals. What's next? Be direct, I answered. When you see which side of the line he's on, tell him. He should know whether he's succeeding or not. Russell looked up from his pad. That way, if we end up talking about termination, there's no surprise, right? Right. He groaned. This is going to be such a stretch for me. And then, but wait, can I be direct about things like his attitude? I recognized the concern, and I said, Attitude is just a pattern of behaviors. Instead of trying to talk about his attitude, talk about the patterns you see. Describe each stage. Be concrete. Russell perked up and said, See if this is what you mean. Matt has a pattern of agreeing with me about something during our one-on-one meetings, then asking his team to do something completely different. When I bring it up to him, he says, Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't understand. 
as if. Russell, that's perfect. That is not about attitude. It's about a pattern. Describe each stage of the pattern without apology or blame, and then tell him you want it to stop. Do I need to describe what I want instead? Oh, that would be great, I said. The goal line gets clearer if you can describe what's on both sides of the line. He drew a long, slow breath as he imagined himself speaking that directly. This is going to get so heated, he said with some dread. It doesn't have to, I replied. Talk about the pattern like you would talk about the soup in aisle three at the market. It's just something you know is there. It's a fact. It exists. And as his boss, you want it to stop. He considered that with seriousness and then said, I can do that. And then, squinting as if he had tasted something sour, he said, Number four was to be repetitive. I have to be this direct all the time? Well, it's not a big sit-down conversation, Russell. Maybe it's a sentence or two as you walk out of a meeting. If you talk about the goal line all the time, the process gets easier for everyone. He rolled his eyes at that. And then counting five on his fingers, he said, And keep track. Does that mean I have to buy a diary? Well, some people do, I said in earnest. Other people send confirmation emails. Hey, Matt, just want to recap what we talked about. That sort of thing. You can do it any way you want. The important thing is to keep a record of your conversations, what you said, what he said. Oh, this is going to be such a pain in the ass, he moaned. To which I answered, Boo-hoo. He laughed at my absolute lack of sympathy. I know. This is what I get for avoiding it for so long. I raised my palm like a traffic cop. Hey, deciding to let someone go is hard. You're making a decision that's going to create change in that person's life. I understand why it's hard to do. Hard is one thing, he said, but avoidance, which is my story, is quite another. And I've paid a price for it. There are so many more problems just because he's around. Well, not only that, Russell, your reputation has taken a hit. No kidding, he said regretfully. I think I knew a long time ago what I had to do. I just thought we would all learn to live with it. And then he gave a little shiver. Oh, I just made it sound like working with Matt is some sort of condition you have to live with. Well, in some ways it is, I said, not joking at all. Look at the disruption he's caused. It's like a disease, Russell. It's serious. I went on. In all my years of coaching, talking about these sorts of situations with leaders, I have never once heard anyone say, Oh, gosh, I should have waited another six months longer before letting him go. No, I'm sure. They all wish they'd done it six months earlier, right? Of course. And you think I will, too. In your case, Russell, I think you may wish you had done it years earlier. He laughed. Russell created a cheat sheet for himself that had five points on it. It looked like this. Number one, follow the rules. Partner with HR. Number two, set measurable goals. Think video replay. Number three, be direct. It's soup in aisle three. Number four, be repetitive. Call the standings at the goal line. And number five, Keep track. 
notes, not a transcript. Susan ended up being a great partner with Russell, and in less than six months, Matt was gone. Almost immediately, the climate on Russell's team became brighter. Russell's decision to let Matt go and his ability to carry it out efficiently moved Russell's brand much closer to the look and sound of leadership. This podcast is being posted in early November. Many companies are entering their performance review cycles. Documenting ongoing problems in an annual review is one of the most important responsibilities you have as a manager. For ideas on conducting more effective performance reviews, you can listen to an episode of The Look and Sound of Leadership called Performance Reviews. I'll tell you how to find it in just a minute. If you have a poor performer on your team, four other episodes you might listen to are Managing Beyond Bad Behavior, Discussing Difficult Behaviors, Holding People Accountable, Delivering Tough Feedback. All those episodes, plus the performance review episode, and all our others, are available to you on the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's, dot com. From our homepage, click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips. That'll put you in a free archive that has every episode of the podcast. To find the ones that I just mentioned, just type the episode name in the archive search bar. When you're in the archive, you can search by categories that interest you, and one of those categories is management skills. There are more than 35 episodes in that category to help you manage performance more effectively. During this episode, I mentioned the communication style called sorting and labeling. That technique continues to be the one communication tool my clients tell me makes the biggest difference in their style. There's a podcast episode called Sorting and Labeling. You can find it in the archive search bar. There's also a PDF showing how the sorting and labeling technique works. If you're on the website, use the Contact Us button. It's on every page. And ask for the sorting and labeling PDF. I would be happy to send it to you. Before I close, I have one other piece of news for you. Over the years, other podcasters have invited me onto their shows to discuss various aspects of coaching and leadership. About a year and a half ago, I got an invitation from a guy named Dave Stahoviak. He hosts a podcast called Coaching for Leaders. At the time, I didn't know Dave, but I have since gotten to know him very well, and I can tell you this guy has some serious wisdom. I'm guessing you have heard of Dale Carnegie and his book called how to Win Friends and Influence People. Well, Dale Carnegie is now a brand with courses and seminars offered all around the world. One of the reasons why the Dale Carnegie brand is so well-respected is because I think it's easier to get high-level clearance at the CIA than it is to become one of the leaders in the Dale Carnegie organization. But Dave Stahoviak is one of those leaders. And in his podcast, Coaching for Leaders, he displays that wisdom and that insight week after week. Plus, he offers a ton of supporting material. He's very generous. Well, recently, Dave invited me back onto his show to record an episode about how to deal with a boss who's a jerk. It's his episode number 164. It was a great conversation. I encourage you, give it a listen and get to know the Coaching for Leaders podcast. I think you will thank me for turning you on to it. Okay, back to the look and sound of leadership for a closing thought. 
Many podcast listeners tell me that in addition to listening to the podcast, they like receiving the HTML version too. If you'd like to get the email version, when you're on the website, just hit the subscribe button. I would love to add you to the list. When you're on the website, every tip is also available as a PDF that you can download for yourself or forward it to others. And of course, aside from being available on the Essential Communications website, the podcast is also available on iTunes or in Stitcher. Just search for the look and sound of leadership. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.